What's going on, guys? Uh, I don't keep track of the episodes anymore, but we're we're up close to thirty now. Episode close to thirty. Let's say of... episode twenty-seven because I just turned twenty-seven, and we recorded there it on the twenty-seven. There, we're in the twenty-seven club, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're finally getting around to recording this one. Um, originally, we were going to talk about uh, Earl Sweatshirt and the JID album, but we've decided to switch things up a little bit and talk about the new 21 Savage album and the new Earl album. For the second time, we have on Nigel, who you might remember from the Mac Miller, rest in peace, YG episode. Yeah. Um, AKA at young, Y-U-N-G, snooze button, uh, B-T-T-N. Yeah. Um, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, boys? Good to be back. So he just got back from New Orleans, and he told us a little story about how he got to see he went to Currency's club and got to see him uh, for a little bit, which was cool. Uh, I'm incredibly jealous because New Orleans, for my money, is the best city in the country. I fucking love that place. Also, birthed a lot of great rappers, not just Currency. Obviously, a ton of great rappers have come out of New Orleans. Right. Um, and then obviously we have Jason here. What's going on, Jason? How are you, bro? Yo, what's good? How uh, had a good uh, had a good holiday? Good, ready to get back into good it. Christmas. Back on the job now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I meant the podcast, but yeah, we back on the job. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's this is probably the easiest job I've ever had, and and we don't get paid for it either. So. Nice. Well, you got to get benefit. some sponsorships, though. Dude, I know, right? We, we could get sponsorships. We could have like. Uh, we anchor offers sponsorships now, but I'm not trying to get like some crooked company sponsoring us and then have like, you know, the 200 people that listen to our podcast be like, I don't want to listen to you talk about like Tide Pods for 30 seconds every episode. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, ev- maybe eventually we'll just, we'll give in to capitalism and just, uh, <laughs> I gotta it. do like some t shirts or some shit like that. Like some, some t shirts would be cool, man. Yeah. We've talked about yeah, it. We gotta get some gear. We gotta get some gear done. We do. Sure. We we gotta get some gear for sure. Uh, All right, send me your budget that... and I'll draw it up. <laughs> Heard you. Heard you. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, our budget is free ninety nine. So <laughs> if you could just get working on those, that would be great. Now, um, that's something that we we actually we're, we're gonna change things up a little bit in two thousand nineteen, which is something we'll talk about on our year end episode in a few days. But for right now. We want to talk about the new 21 Savage album, I Am Greater Than Sign, I Was. Um, Now, this is an album. This is his second official album. He had his mixtape a few years ago with uh, Metro Boomin, followed by his debut album, Iza Album. Um, Now, 21 Savage is a guy who's been in the game for about three years now. Um, And he's someone that we have discussed a lot on this podcast now, Nigel, uh, we've given our opinions. We're both fans of 21 Savage. I probably am more so in a feature slash single capacity yeah. uh, as opposed to like a full album. But how do you feel about 21 in general? Like coming into this album, were you a big fan? Were you kind of mid on him? How, how do you feel? Um, to be honest, like I love the the Issa album. That was that was kind of something that kind of just grew on me out of nowhere. Um, but I wasn't really, I didn't really know what to expect with this one. I didn't know where he was going to go and features and everything. And especially since it kind of was a last minute release, he'd been teasing it for a minute. So I wasn't really looking forward to it. I was just like, all right, if it drops, it drops and I'll check it. Right. Right. I didn't really hear many songs from this album. I don't even know if he dropped any actually before the album came out. Like I didn't hear any big singles from him. You know, obviously the first album had a bank account, which was weirdly a huge hit i don't yeah. know about you guys but it does not sound like a song that would be a radio hit like it just kind of sounded like a track that like he threw on there it's ended like vintage 21 savage yeah but it, it it didn't really have like the makings of a hit uh so on this one we'll just hop right into kind of how we feel about it um and we'll go from there but on this one i think that there's there's uh, there are a few songs on here that are obviously 
attempts at singles as opposed to his older stuff, which sounded maybe a little bit more organic and uh, I don't want to say forced, but uh, less, uh, you know, kind of catering to that kind of sound. Um, since Nigel, you are the guest, why don't you give us your feelings on the album and then uh, we'll get Jason's take some and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, well, to start, I think this was like a solid follow-up album to Issa album. Um, I, I, I felt like Issa kind of had this lush sound. It felt very relaxed. I mean, 21 Savage is already uh, a super relaxed dude with his flow and everything. But I felt like on this joint, um, I am greater than I was. He's a little bit more excited. You can hear some of the beats are a little bouncier. Um, like it, some some of the tracks are a little bit more fun rather than him just kind of talking about shit he got or whatever. It was like ass right. and titties, ass and titties, <laughs> or like classic, and, yeah, classic. And I thought that was that was a fun record, and I felt like he kind of was throwing everything together in a pot and just came out with this album. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking. It's not, I'm not hearing anything new, but I am hearing him uh, a little more comfortable with his sound um, and what he can do on the mic. Um, but, For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, I think that that's a good kind of, uh, way to look at this album, uh, especially considering you brought up the fact that it's not groundbreaking. You know, he's not, uh, you know, reinventing the wheel here, but kind of, uh, you know, expanding his palette for production, going for a different kind of sound on certain tracks, which sometimes it's more obvious than others that he might be a little bit out of his comfort zone, but he never steers too far off. Now, Jason, uh, were there any real standout tracks to you? Were there ones that you've been bumping like over the last week or so since the album came out? Yeah, I mean, I think that the first song a lot is one of the best songs in the album. Yeah. Uh, it features a really good J. Cole verse. And I think Ball Without <laughs> You is, is a is a it's basically a future impression, uh, but it's it's very well done. Like I an impression like of, of future Hendrix. Yeah, I think what that's what he's saying. Uh, you said yeah, a future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure yeah, if you yeah, were like. Basically, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's so it sounds like something future would would, would make, but not a forward thinking song like he's impersonating the future. Yeah, I was, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. No, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm still living in 2014 where we got to def- differentiate who future and what future is. Yeah. We got it. All right, we, we have uh, we have a uh, one name drop a future so far i'll put that on the board yeah i just drank right now so i got a beer handy <laughs> um but no no, no it, it's it, a lot of the album is um it's not super uh, original right so you have like a lot of like so it kind of reads like a debut album you got a lot of kind of like soul samples and you have a lot of uh you know, he's got a song about his mom in there. Like that reads like a lot of debut albums you'll 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 listen to. True, but it's very well done. Mm-hmm. So, I, like my thing is just like if something's really well done, it, I don't know if it matters all that much that it's very uh, um, it has a formula to it that people have used before. It's still he killed it. The whole album, he's re- he he really killed it. So I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah, I I tend to think that. Uh... That, that everything has pretty much already been done. Um, uh, there's, you know, different interpretations on, you know, older sounds revamping Except them. Blueface. Blueface is his own. Well, uh, I mean, Blueface is definitely has major influences you can hear in his sound, though. Yeah. That, I mean, we need to talk about Blueface. At we some will. point, we, we need yeah, to talk we'll about Blueface. Yeah, we'll get Blueface's own. We'll get Blueface's. <laughs> Seriously, like, we have to get Blueface's own episode. We got to have, yeah, we got to have, like, yeah. a whole roundtable about that. Yeah. We got to have I some think old we, heads. Yeah, I think we, oh, my God, absolutely. I think we should have a, we should have a town hall and talk <laughs> about Blueface. <laughs> We're here to talk about a very pressing issue, Mr. Blueface. Uh, but, no, um, Welcome so, to the Me Show. So, <laughs> It's so funny. But um, one of the things that uh, I saw Jason gave a little bit of an opinion on on Twitter um, that I was interested to hear. Um, Jason, as far as the features go, you said you like the J. Cole feature. 
How did you feel about the other features? I know you didn't like the Post Malone feature, which is not that surprising. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like anything Post Malone does as long as he has that fucking hairstyle. Mm. So, I, I, what if he I, went with I, the Paul Wall fade? Yeah. Like like the straight Brucey <laughs> fade. Yeah. And he's like... Right? I mean, as long as Post Malone looks the way he looks and looks how ugly he looks, I'm not going to like anything he makes <laughs> on wax either. Wow. Um, the Gambino feature, I, I, a lot, of, it's not, it's not great, but I appreciated the fact that they did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a great song by any means. I, I yeah. But now, and now I, I was kind of confused on the Gambino feature because I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but it sounds like he's telling Twenty One Savage's story. Like he says he's from the six. He says he's talking about like he's talking about like gang shit and like Childish Gambino's from Stone Mountain and he is not in a gang. So like I didn't really get yeah, I was... it sounded like he told him to like tell his story, but maybe it's supposed to be like the two sides of the monster. I I, I, I didn't really I yeah, mean no, it, no, no. It's I, an I interesting way. way also, yeah. yeah, I thought the way also as if Childish Gambino was like a dramatic reader or a narrator as opposed to like a featured artist, you know? Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I just looked it up, and Stone Mountain is technically a part of Zone Six. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I uh, misread that. I thought that uh, he was specifically. T- I didn't know that that was what he was referencing. So maybe, actually, maybe he on. is. Let saying- me, let I will say though, Gambino has made a lot of. <laughs> Gambino has made a lot of references to the fact that he had a middle class. Uh, yeah. 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 Like a, a high middle class upbringing i will say so i'm not sure i'm i'm still not sure um it could be a part of zone six so like that ge- geographically like that is probably true right might so, fit into but, that same yeah, zone yeah. but okay well yeah. then that makes a little bit more sense i didn't know that I, I i picked up on that and i thought it was kind of strange because like you said he has been very open about the fact but, that he I grew mean, up in the suburbs and- man these atlanta niggas stick together i mean that, one of my favorite parts about atlanta is that I mean, those those motherfuckers stick together. So I mean, they're well, also people. I mean, regardless of suburban upbringing, I mean, because Atlanta's a big area, you got people that technically do live in the suburbs, but they're still very hood adjacent. They still got family that's probably in gang shit. So, yeah, like, true. Even when you, because like I got cousins that moved to like the suburbs of Philly, and they're more hood than I am, and I live closer to the hood than they did. So right, yeah, I mean, like. But, well, that's even like Migos is the same way. I right. mean, Migos is like they're from like a middle class neighborhood, but you know they, as you said, they grew up around it. So, right. um, so I, I guess one of the things as far as the features go is that sometimes I, I kind of feel the same way that that I, I think that you also feel, Nigel. Um, Post Malone to me, that song just sounded like uh, a hollow attempt at a radio track that. Maybe it will blow up and, you know, good for 21. Like, that's fine. I, I, it's not terrible, but it's just like, yeah. it just feels, it feels a bit forced. Um, I didn't necessarily it's, hate it. it. So it I didn't hate forced, it either. Like it just... life. <laughs> well, no, when I first heard it, I'm like, okay, here it is. The, the obvious radio track. But right. when I get into like the meat of it and like 20, 21's verses and shit, I mean, it's still a 21 record. But it's still featuring Post Malone. To me, I don't know. It just it didn't rub me the wrong way like most Post Malone songs would. But probably because it's a post a twenty one record. So it, it, it's not that. Yeah, no, no. This one didn't. I I, I want to be clear. This one didn't like rub me the wrong way. It's not like problematic or anything. Just, right. Like, like the, the like the song later. <laughs> <laughs> like the 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 thing that we have to address. Um, on ASMR, which, by the way, I did like that song. I yeah. thought it was, uh, I mean, it, it has this very, you know, dystopian sounding beat. It, 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 I, I thought it was really cool. That's one of the, the best songs on the album. Yeah, the I thought it was goofy. top three or four yeah. on there. Um, I mean, he, 21 with some incredible bars on here with, a, you know, PTSD, like I came from Iraq. Yeah. Uh, and then the line that I thought was clever when I first heard it and didn't really think anything of it. Until, uh, you know, LeBron James posted it on his Instagram and it caused a little bit of a, you know, stir online was, you know, we've been getting that Jewish money. Everything is kosher. Now, 
Nigel, I don't know if you saw this, but Jason had a nice explanation of why this line is actually uh, problematic. Uh, because a lot of people were like, oh, well, like, you know, well, I, I forget what the original tweet said, Jason. A lot of people. So, I, I, first of all, I want to be like, I'm not Jewish. I want to be like, completely yeah. like <laughs> I am not the like, I am not the, hey, listen to me I'm on this. Like, I'm, I'm right. not Jewish. Um, I got a lot of Jewish friends and like, I, I try to stick up for my for, for the homies, I try, anyone. I mean, you know, it could be someone who's Muslim, it could be someone who's Jewish, it could be the LGBT community. I try to stick up for right. people. So that's it. Um, well, but the idea was that a lot of people were like, oh, it's a compliment to say someone has money. Uh, not really, though, because what, what, what you're, it never means, um, when Jewish people have, when people say Jewish people have money, it never means like, oh, they're charitable and educated. What it means is the connotation to it always means essentially almost always means um, they have a lot of money and they're controlling shit. So other people don't have money. That's always what the connotation yeah. is. Right. Whether it's and the banking system or the media or yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And that connotation is literally what Nazi Germany like founded its persecution. Yeah, on. exactly. Legitimately like, that's, legitimately like Nazi Germany was like, they're controlling everything. We're not getting shit. Let's, eradicate these yeah right and that and that's why and that's why the like even if you're using it in a way that's very just like oh i mean that's a compliment no but it's not a compliment yeah i mean because <laughs> even it's the same thing like so. with black people we get these positive stereotypes like oh we great at sex or our dicks are big and then like the sure stereotypes may have a fact about a certain people but the problem with stereotypes is when you apply it to the mass it's when you apply it and generalize it and then that's when 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 shit gets ugly so even positive right. stereotypes as people like to use which is technically an oxymoron because it's racist still um, yeah but especially with like jewish people like we don't talk enough about it and i wish that lebron would have taken the time to have a conversation like he does with a lot of other conversations um yeah but yeah, yeah like with the the jewish stereotype it's it's something that rappers do and i'm i was kind of hoping that we could have taken that that moment to discuss it because it's something that seeing that we just had a shooting at a synagogue months ago absolutely it's the same type of rhetoric and shit that feeds these neo-nazis and feeds like uh, a lot of anti-semitism from not just white supremacy but from a, a lot of things but Technically, all of it is yeah. from white supremacy, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And I think that what uh, 21 was saying wasn't meant to be malicious in any way. It was just a, you know, a line that he thought was clever. Yeah. And, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, the, everything is kosher. Like, I get it. Like, haha. But uh, I think what you guys both brought up is a really, like you said, it's an important conversation to have. And, yeah. and the reaction to it being, uh, you know, that, well, it's good to have money. Well, when it's applied in this situation... Uh, you know, the implication there is, you know, they control things, you know, uh, it's it's the same kind of rhetoric that's been spewed for years to, you know, pit that against Jewish people. So I yeah. thought, th- right. Yeah. 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 And like I almost wonder if he could have like flipped it to something like talking about challah bread or like something where he's actually talking <laughs> about money and bread and making that that <laughs> metaphor instead of calling it Jewish money, because that would have been clever. It would have been a much better line. Um, yeah, and it's also just like white Christians have a lot of fucking money. Oh, exactly, <laughs> like, bro. It's like, yeah, it's like I don't understand. Yeah, like I don't understand. Hey, we've never had a Jewish president too, I mean, yeah. unless Bernie twenty twenty, obviously. But I'm just saying With the Arab <laughs> money and like the Jewish money. It's like I mean, rap is problem- problematic, and it's it's up to us in these conversations to at least like talk about it, acknowledge the shit. In fairness, it's not. In fairness, it's also not only rappers. Like Axl Rose. Has, oh yeah, Axl the Rose world is problematic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm talking I, about I, us like, as if like we. The Trump, the, the Trump administration has said a bunch of like, um, <laughs> very low key anti-Semitic things about Jewish yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> Like it's. I mean, it's all over the world. It's it's everywhere. It's ingrained. Yeah, I had no idea how ingrained it was. I was watching Harry Potter the other day. Actually, yeah. And the the bank like when when um. Hagrid takes Harry to the to the bank and shows him how much money he has. Mm-hmm. The banker dude has like glasses and a large nose, and he's like very like uptight about his money. I'm just like, what? Wait, it, are they trying to like be anti-Semitic, low key? And it's just like it's in Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, no, it's ingrained like, in all this, shit, so, especially Disney, bro. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's literally the, I mean, I've, I've said before, I think on here, the Chris crack album being woke ain't fun. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's literally like the perfect title for 2018 because that's my guy. Shout out to Chris crack. Y'all got to review one of his albums. He's great. Yeah, no, I liked a lot of this. I've never, that. I've never heard this. You, person. you, you, I shot him you would like him him on here. for sure. Yeah, he, he did. And that's why I listened to it and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I, I recommend that album a lot. Yeah. And he put out six projects this year. So there's definitely, uh, <laughs> plenty of material out there and i think you would you would really like him and i think a lot of people that would listen to this podcast like him yeah but uh back to uh the 21 album the actual material of the album yes uh, that song is good i know <laughs> yes of, that song is fire it's one of the best of the album no, i totally agree i think that there's a lot of tracks on here where i feel like that song specifically um I thought my favorite on the whole album, which I'm going to give best track, is the Good Day track with uh, Schoolboy Q and Project Pat. Yeah. Uh, I love the energy on that track from 21 especially. Uh, it goes really hard. It's, it's like, the, once again, another like weird you know, dystopian track uh, that everyone is just kind of going really hard in there. It kind of reminded me a little bit of schoolboy q's last album blank face which i thought was great mm-hmm. um and it has a little bit more of a uh i, I guess a, a kind of a, an atlanta trap twist on the, on the sound but the production's very menacing uh the way that they let the voice ride in the middle that this is really like what i wanted from him throughout the whole album i i don't know about you guys but like did you think that when he talked, when he started to delve into different topics, did you did you lose your did, did was your attention lost a little bit? Like for me, like when he started talking a little bit about relationships, and I, I and I understand, like you said, like it is something that, like you know, it is good to switch up your you know material. But at, at times, I was I was a little bit I don't want to say bored, but I was a little bit just like mm, I don't know. It, it just didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, there was a couple of joints I had to I had to skip. I mean, like. <clears throat> One of them uh, was uh, Ball Without You. It kind of started growing on me a little bit more. But to be honest, like the first part when he's talking about taking pictures with another nigga or fucking with another nigga and you miss me, that just sounds like some bitter ex shit. And I'm like, whoa, we don't need that energy. Uh, nah, I, love, yo, I love that track, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. Like, I don't need to be put in that mindset. I can't yo, believe no, he was different. singing. Yeah. Hey, yo, he hit that full. I thought that was somebody though, else. Like, yeah, so did I. Yeah, that was that. I I was definitely impressed with the singing there, but I I, I tend to agree with you, Nigel. I thought that track kind of was a little bit. I don't know. It was it it. It definitely felt genuine coming from him, but it's just a topic I'm not used to hearing him talk about, and it kind of sounded like he was a little bit out of his comfort zone. He's talking about no, you guys are no. Well, he's talking about loyalty versus love, and then he ends up kind of on a rant, and it kind of yeah doesn't really go anywhere, and it's just like I don't really know what's going on. It sounds like just like that. He had a Breakfast Club interview. He had a Breakfast Club interview where he expands on like that loyalty versus love thing even more. (laughs) It's really sad, actually. Is it fake deep? No, (laughs) not even like it's fake deep. It's just like it's really sad that he feels that way. Oh, very just like a toxic like masculinity type thing. Like, and I, I've always well, the Breakfast Club must have loved it then. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I like I've always been a guy who's like always been fascinated about that as someone who's like had to like work on taking <clears throat> out of himself and like I've always been fascinated on 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 like movies or or music on like male on like male artists who mm-hmm. definitely have like, that inside of them and that's why I mean I'm a future fan right so I mean like that so 21 putting that in Ball of you for me was just like, I heard that song and I was like, wow, this is right in my comfort zone. Right. Right. No, I totally understand that. And I mean, it is, you know, regardless of whether, you know, you agree with how they feel it is, you know, it, it does feel honest. Like to me, there, there's nothing about that song that doesn't feel truly that he feels that way. It just, it doesn't necessarily resonate with me. And I think Nigel said uh, the same thing. Um, so as far as the production on this album, uh, I liked a lot of it. Like, I think most tracks were, there were no tracks <coughs> here that I was like, there was no sore thumb, uh, 
the Post Malone track kind of sounded like maybe a little bit too radio friendly for my taste. There were a lot of flute beats on here, a lot mm. of soul beats, as Jason mentioned. Yeah. Were there any were there any beats that really stood out to you guys? I know I love the the schoolboy uh track, the um the beat on there. That beat went incredibly hard. Uh really liked a lot. Thought J. Cole's verse was uh, was really solid on there. Uh and so was twenty ones, uh even though he did have that line uh, about six nine and praying for him. I, I didn't. I didn't really follow what he was going for. Yeah. Uh, on there, but as far as the production goes on here, were there any beats that really stood out to you guys? Uh, I think for me, the intro was definitely a strong way to come in with the soul sample, because uh, it was going to throw people off. You you're going to expect twenty one to come out with a bunch of trap beats and synth sounds and shit. So true. Uh, a lot was definitely something that. I mean, and especially even having J. Cole on the feature, it was it was a bold, not a bold move, but kind of a a taboo uh, intro, or at least just to catch her attention. And I thought the song was hard, regardless if J. Cole spit or not. Um, but yeah, it was joint, it was catchy as fuck. <laughs> uh, today was a good day. It was definitely dope. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I liked about that one, just kind of coming off of the Meek album. Uh, where he rehashed a lot of old rap records. I thought that this was not really a flip on uh, It Was a Good Day, but I think still the reference, kinda, yeah. yeah, the whole reference towards that, but not biting off of that sound, was it, that made me happy. Um, and another joint, what was the other beat? Um, oh, Can't Leave Without It, the flute joint you was talking about. The flute, yeah. yeah. I, I, anytime a flute beat comes on nowadays, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I almost always love it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, like, I can't, I think there was a record from maybe the Travis Scott album that, I mean, I didn't really listen to it that much, but I think it was either Gunna or somebody, and it was kind of fluty or just the way that it bounced. Yosemite? I, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the way Gunna was on this one, I thought he rolled the beat very well, and it complimented them. All of them kind of Maybe little baby was could have done without him, but um, yeah, I thought I thought the the can't leave without it. That one was good, and I saw this. I saw the song, and like I knew exactly what it was gonna be. Somehow. Wait, did you say you could do without the little baby part? Yeah, uh, I mean, I typically don't mind him. I mean, I I never really listened to a full project of his other than just skimming through shit. But yeah, little baby didn't really do nothing for me on here. His singing doesn't he, really do anything for me. I don't. I that was the he he was on the outro. It was it was fine. It just. I yeah, mean, I, I think Little Baby's had a great year, but this was he could have done yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of meh. I mean, it, I mean, I I think a lot of these. I mean, it, it it really is one of those things. Like you know, like every few years you have a few, like this. Like I I'm trying to think of a. I can't think of a good one off the top of my head, but like two rappers blow up like Gunna and Lil Baby and then they're on every single album that yeah. is big. Uh, they might just be burnt out. <laughs> the, the true amount of music that they have been on this year, I try to, I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think myself alone, I've probably heard them on upwards of, you know, 20 songs, just 10 to 20 at least on features, especially over the last few weeks, ever since, you know, uh, there. I feel like every major album features at least one of them. Yeah, and um, I think my first, my first real intro to Gunna was probably um, from the what was the the Young Thug compilation joint that came out? Slime language. Slime language. Yeah. So like that was probably my first intro, and I didn't know who he was. So I'm like, damn, Thug's on a lot of this shit. Because <laughs> right. I mean, to be honest, they sound a lot like, alike. Yeah. Yeah, Thug. I mean, Gunna and Lil Baby just sound like different versions of Thug to me. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that is is like the consensus. Um, they're starting to create a little bit more of their own niche now, but especially when they first started, that was kind of their their general sound. Um, now, I will say this much: as far as the production goes, anytime that Wheezy, Metro Boomin, or DJ Dahi came on uh, uh, the production like credits. I found yeah. those beats to be generally my favorites. Um, I did really like the the one that we discussed. Obviously, I uh, it, that was Thirty Rock and Cardo, um, which was the Good Day track. But every other one of my favorite beats, DJ Dahi. I don't know if you guys really follow his uh, his work, but 
I think that he he produced a lot on here. Um, and like no, like the oh, song guys, a lot, I mean, not a lot of tracks. Um, okay, he's probably given what's that? Some of the best of this. He's got money yeah. trees. He he did. Um, uh, he's given Vince some stuff. He's lift, Vince, lift me up. Lift me up. Then he gives Vince a bird. Yeah, bird and bees. I mean, Dahi. Dahi's out here. Yeah, nine hundred two one zero on Travis Scott's first album. He did. Oof, that was some heat. Yeah, he he's done some cr- uh, worst behavior by Drake. Uh, he's had a ton of really solid, or like I shouldn't even say solid, amazing beats um, over his career. Every time I see him pop up on a track list, he produced a lot of that. He produced a lot of that Dre album with Dre too. He's on like three or four songs on there too. This that's a guy that like. He's never made a full project has, with someone, and it frustrates me. He's got Drug Deals Anonymous. Oh, yeah. Another good track. I Don't Fuck With You. Yeah. Stand for nice Ty Dollar Signs. I mean, yeah, he's got he's got the joints. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly consistent. I would love to hear him on a full project. And J. Cole, I know we've talked about it before on here. As a feature artist, I like him a lot more than I like him as an album artist. Um He's a Jason has said before he's a better producer than he is a rapper. Uh, I like to hear J. Cole on other people's production though. Like he yeah. sounded good on this DJ Dahi production. Like, give me some of that. <laughs> I would like to hear that on your album. I, I chop it up to the fact that he's just an inconsistent MC. So once in a while on a feature verse, he'll hit a home run. And like on a full length album, right. it won't be as good because he's just not like a consistent. True, like, and also he's I mean, competitive. Exactly. He's competitive too. I think right. that, that brings out the competitive competitive spirit. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, I do a little rapping myself, and when you get on somebody else's song, you not only like just rapping for for yourself or for your your homie, you're rapping for all of their fans. So you got to take their attention away from the main artist. Exactly. So like that's why he's always showing up on these features. But also with that said, what we're saying about J. Cole, I think it's also true about 21 Savage. I agree. Because he's been killing shit as far as features go this year. Every Um, song he's on. Right. Every single song from the Cardi album to the fucking... The Travis album. He was on the... Yeah, the Travis album. um, Even on... um, Was he on Meek? The Meek album. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he killed that joint. But And then here... Not that I was expecting a bunch of great shit, but it wasn't like, oh, show stealer. Because when he has the features on, he's not really the star now. It's true. So I think the only song that he really held his own, to be honest, was a lot. Like, that was, yeah. that was my shit. Yeah, I, I think I, I tend to agree with you there. I don't really think that his verses quite live up to his feature verses. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that maybe, uh, you know, he just is really focused on creating his own sound on his own records, as opposed to creating like good, you know, solid bars on every fucking song um, Mm -hmm. and trying to maybe expand on his, you know, conceptual work. But I I tend to think that you're right there. I think that uh, as a feature artist, I still probably prefer him. There are a handful of songs I really like on here but there's also some weak moments and uh, I didn't think that there were, a f- there were a few songs that kind of sounded samey to me there. He did get a little bit into a repetitive state at one point. Um, but overall I thought it was a solid album. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that what Jason said about like, I, and when I heard the letter to my mama track, I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking when Jason said, you know, it sounds like a first album or like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, you know, uh, just classic track that has happened throughout hip hop, you know, a song to someone's mom, da da da. And a lot of the times I felt like when he really, uh, he really gave his, his all on tracks, like a lot uh, tracks, like good day. Uh, I really think that he showed that he can be one of the best rappers in the game, but overall I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. Yeah. Um, my best track was, a was good day. My least favorite track was um, All My Friends, the Post Malone track, as we mentioned before, I think, for, for obvious reasons. Um, as far as your your favorite was a lot, uh, Nigel, what was your least favorite? Um, let me think. Um, I'm probably going to say Padlock. That one really didn't do anything for me. 
Okay. I thought that one was alright. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. I don't know. There were a lot of fine songs on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's kind of where I sit at. Some of the songs are probably gonna stand out later on as I as I sit with it, as I ride around, as the weather changes, you know. Um, For sure. But I think overall the album is kind of just okay. There's some great moments. There's some fun moments. But uh, for me, I probably still got to give it a seven. Um, I wanted to go a little bit lower, but I just know for a fact that about five or six of these tracks are just going to stick with me maybe next year. And that's a lot considering, yeah. I mean, how how fast we can move past music. But It's true. The way that we consume music is there's a lot of shit out there. Yeah. All right, and, so Jason, what, what would you say your favorite track, your least favorite? Uh, and... I would say favorite track, Fall Without You, a lot. Um, the song about his mom, uh, which escapes me. I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a sucker for songs about moms. <laughs> uh, I, and then your least favorite? Uh, the least favorite is obviously the Post Malone track. I would give this an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> Woo! 8.5. 8. 5. Wow, you really like this I, I, I tweeted that I felt that if this album was at least three weeks earlier, it would have changed a lot of uh, end of year list. And, yeah, I um, think that's really what hurt it. Um, because yeah. you could tell he wanted to put it out, but I don't know if it was like mastering or if other artists dropping got in the way or what. But I this wasn't the that, best though. time. I appreciate these guys that that kind of uh, end up dropping on days uh, that you know there might not be. Like he dropped right before Christmas. I know Travis and Quavo did that last year. I didn't like that album, but uh, I I know Jid or uh, JID did that a few weeks ago where he dropped on a Monday instead of a Friday. Mm-hmm. The amount of fucking music we get in these busy seasons is yeah. like at, at, you're getting four or five albums a week, and I'm like I can't keep up. Freddie and uh, Freddie Gibbs and um, currency did the same thing i think they dropped a day early like yeah that, that whole week was stacked it was like yeah, freddie and currency bronson yeah, yeah staples yeah it was a crazy week but like you can't keep up but i think it, i think it's it, it's cool when artists drop on you know off weeks yeah, so i hear uh, that i got to sit with this album a little bit more than i would have if he had released it you know a month ago so i'm, I'm glad that i did um so moving on from the 21 savage album we all Jason liked it a little bit more than us, but we all thought it was pretty solid. Uh, you know, not, I don't think it was one of the best albums I've heard this year, but it's, you know, it's a solid album. Yeah. Uh, moving on to an album that a lot of people have put on those year end lists, um, which is something that I want to discuss a little bit. Um, not up top necessarily, but we're going to talk about the new Earl sweatshirt album, some rap songs, um, which is one of the most, avant-garde uh strange uh, uh, albums of this year uh, not really man i i don't think it's anything that special honestly no, no i mean no. not to downplay it but i mean it's not it's not really out of this world it's just kind no, of no, a little no, no, bit no. no i'm not saying that i think that it's necessarily one of the like out of this world in terms of the quality i'm saying in terms of uh the I guess the style of the album is a bit, I at least was not expecting it. Um, yeah. Prior to hearing the first two songs, especially with like Earl's history. I think this, this album being as lo-fi as it is, as experimental as it is, I, I guess it was something that we should have expected right. um, because of his first, like his first album was probably the closest you'll ever get to, well, not first, first, not Earl, not self-titled, but <clears throat> Doris, his first commercial release after he, you know, came back from being overseas was, um, you know, probably the closest thing you'll ever get to a quote-unquote commercial Earl Sweatshirt album, which does not exist. Yeah. Um, it was a lot more accessible. It was created for kind of that odd future, you know, teen, early 20s fan Um as opposed to, you know, his next album, I uh, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, which was incredibly abrasive, very, uh, I mean, it was a, basically an agoraphobic album. Um, so now you're into this new album, you know, he goes away for three years once again, comes back with this album, first single drops a few uh, months ago, Nowhere to Go, I think it was like two months ago, yeah. then he releases, he releases another one before he puts out this one. Um, so Nigel, I'm assuming 
you're not uh, feeling it based on, you know, kind of your statement so far. You're not feeling it quite as much as, um, you know, maybe the, some of these uh, year end lists are, these critics are. So so how did you feel about this album and, and what do you what do you think about it? Uh, so it's not necessarily that I didn't feel it or I didn't like it. It was more so that um, while this might be a new sound for Earl, it's not necessarily a new sound to me. That's um, true. And I feel like kind of a snob when I say it because I, I dig it. I dig the lo-fi sound. I dig um, some of the ways he was chopping on beats, but it really wasn't groundbreaking or new or super. I wouldn't even call it experimental, maybe for his sound, um, but you could see that he was trending that way. Um, but like I was, um, I kind of noticed just the way that he was trending with um, Rest in Peace, Mac Miller, but his memorial show, just watching his live performance, I'm like, okay, I think I know where Earl's going to go next with this music because I knew he was going to be dropping something soon. Um, and I don't remember if he performed anything new from then, but I can kind of catch a vibe from this dude, uh, Mike from New York. I knew, I was going to say, if you brought up Mike, because he's the only other person I've heard who sounds similar that's currently releasing music. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and like so Mike has and I saw him live once um and he kind of has like this very like late 90s mid 2000s east coast dusty vibe where it's just rapping 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 almost gives me like a little bit of like the the early state prop days where it's just kind of hitting every like I don't know hitting every bar or whatever but to me Honestly, this Earl album sounds like it could have been, could have had Mike all over it. Not to say that it was a bite or anything copying, but I can, I can hear. Well, he's referenced twice on the album, so oh. it's not like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he says in the in the single, he's chilling with Mike, and then like you know, there there are a few times on your way, so it's you're definitely yeah. on there. So they that, definitely, yeah, they definitely run in the same circles. I, I peeped that Navy Blue was on his album yeah. and everything, and and Mike actually just dropped a new album. The same day as Twenty One Savage that I got to catch up on. Um, Mike's dropped three projects this year. I'm I think. saying, yeah, he's he's and and that's what I'm saying. Like, so this sound wasn't necessarily new to me because I've heard it from guys like Mike, and it also kind of reminds me of like Blue um, with some of his offshoot albums, um, like Jesus and UCLA and some of the shit when he was rapping on like Madlib beats, um, right? So. But I do think it was a it was a good album. Uh, the singles didn't do it justice at all. Um, they were wild abrasive. But to be honest, I don't know where he could have gone with the singles at all either. <laughs> yeah, this album definitely is not a singles album. Uh, yeah. So as far as your take on it, Jason, did you enjoy this album? What did, what did you think of it? Uh, so here's the thing about I, I want to be clear. I love Rose Fletcher. Mm-hmm. I love Let's be clear. <laughs> oh no that means jason's about to say he didn't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> i love everything about him i love everything about the man like i like that's it like I, I love everything about the man and obviously he is one of the, one of the more talented rappers come out of this decade and he uh, is a, it really is a prodigy mm-hmm. however he seems to be very concerned with making it as hard as possible <laughs> <laughs> and it's like but like like, I, I, I look, he's an artist, so like, I get it. But like, it's just as a listening experience, it's not always fun. It's not always something I want to like dive into. Like, Thank yeah. you. Yes, so, I agree. So, it took, me, Jason... it, took, it took me like five days to even be like, all right. And it's 25 minutes, not even 25. What is, what is it's, this? Shit? I think it is 25 minutes, 15 songs, 25 minutes. Okay, so yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was other way. Yeah, yeah, 25 minutes. Yeah. But so, uh, do you not like any of Earl's other albums? Oh no, no, no! See, I, I think, I, I, I don't like shit. I don't go outside. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Doris, I think, is solid. Mm-hmm. It's got some really good tracks. My favorite song, my favorite solo Earl song is Burgundy. So that's on Doris. But I don't like Hive's a really good song. Yeah. yeah, I don't like this. I don't go outside. I think it's a classic. Um, but this, I just. That's yeah, that's I, I, interesting I, for me because I mean maybe because I'm more familiar with the style that this is honestly my favorite Earl album. 
outside yeah. of like yeah like because Doris was kind of like boring he was droning uh the joint after that I don't like shit I'll go outside that one was a little more uh my style I think just cuz of the short tracks and the beats and everything but this one he kind of felt I guess it felt a little more personal rather than him just trying to rap just to rap you know this is definitely a personal album regardless of my uh my opinions on this uh i i gotta side with jason though i mean this is this is just an album that i almost dreaded uh like talking about because i tried man i tried for fucking days i tried for it's been three weeks since this came out i probably listened to this album 15 to 20 times Mm -hmm. and there were maybe two or three songs on here that i could get into and i understand what he's going for um, a lot of the beats have this, you know, the, as you mentioned, the kind of Mad Lib style production, but uh, but also using this kind of like loopish style with these heavy vocals where, where Earl is constantly being drowned out. The listening experience on this album is not easy. It, it is something that it took me a while to even like kind of fully immerse myself in it. And even when I did, I... I, I just ended up feeling like outside of, and I'll tell you what songs that I thought were good. Mm-hmm. I like Red Water. I thought Red Water, he rapped, and he rapped, uh, he was rapping under the beat a little bit with that lo fi style, uh, but he was going a little bit harder with his rapping. I felt like you could feel his emotion. It was it was pretty unique sounding. Uh, I thought the the lyrics were very poetic. Uh, you know, blood in my water. I was walking in, the, in my sleep. Blood of my father. I, I I forgot another dream. Like really cool, haunting vibe to that track. December twenty four. I thought that track when he actually yeah Red Water spit. Great. That's one track I will say. Uh, <clears throat> I like Red Water. How did you feel about December twenty four? Because that was like the only song that I felt like he was really <coughs> spitting on. Like he was like really Sorry. like not, not. I shouldn't say only song, but it was the only track. Where it, was, it was like yeah. A, it, it, the the rapping style was very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, December twenty fourth turned out to be the oldest song that he recorded on this. At, yep, it was from, December twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I wasn't crazy about it, but it definitely felt a little more familiar. I hear that um, for sure. And then the, the beat I thought was pretty clean. Um, something that I feel it wasn't abrasive like the rest of the beats on here. Um, so you can hear that this just feels a little, a little more put together, a little more polished, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, what you said, it going back to being the oldest track probably makes sense because it was closest to that old era Earl. Um, as far as the production on the rest of it, I, I think when, when we talk about what Jason was saying about the listening experience, it's like, all right, look, I can take, uh, you know, these lo-fi vocals where you're recording it and it sounds like it's under the beat. I can take, uh, you know, I, I like some rappers who rap off beat mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a stylistic choice. Earl Sweatshirt can rap his ass off. I know he's not doing this because he can't rap. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that there are a lot of things. Uh, but the one thing is when you put all of this together in a pot for me, it makes a very hard listening experience for and I'm not like the number one Earl Sweatshirt guy, but I, I've always felt as though um, this is as as we said before, this is the uh, the the direction he's been trending in, and I think that he's always wanted to put out an album like this where it's uh you know even further from his comfort zone. He's trying to be more artistic and daring, and I'm sure it, it, a lot of to me in a way it feels like. A little bit like critic bait, like it yeah. really does, and it's just like it's it's some bandcamp shit. Like I said it, I think. I mean, I probably said it. Some other people said it. It's just like he just dead ass made a bandcamp album, and he's gonna sell like so much more than a regular bandcamp artist. Artist, like, it's literally know. called some rap songs. It's like the most basic yeah. indie shit you can do. Yep. Artists don't owe fans shit, so I want that to be clear for sure. Um, and I love how. Um, Two artists do this in particular. Frank Ocean and Rihanna, they're very much just like, no, I'm going to come out with shit for what I want and like I'll keep my fans waiting. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I think Earl does that too. What I will say though is just like, what's the end game? What's Earl's end game when he like completely strips things down like this? Mm-hmm. Is it a like, is it a, is it a, this is like my expression. This is my artistic expression thing. 
or is it like I think I can make the best music doing this? I think it's more. It's kind of uh, it's kind of a because combination of those two. I think it's purely two. a this is my artistic expression. Fuck you type thing. I think and it's I a fu- think exactly. Exactly. I don't think, I think it's I don't, a fuck you. I don't fuck with that. Like if it's I think I can make the best music doing this. Cool. I just want you to make the best music, and I don't think he make. I don't think this is him making the best music. I think this is him like proving a point, and it's like I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he was really trying to out rap anybody. Nor was I thinking he was trying to make the best rap album of the year or some shit like that. But he kind of was. I feel like this is him doing him and being comfortable because. As we can see that he's like he's hanging around people and his his sound has evolved around the people that he's around. So that I think that's just him being comfortable. He's not coming out here being like, "Yo, I'm the best rapper" and all that shit. Because he, I don't think he even cares about that anymore. I I, I tend to agree with both of you. I think that what uh, he is doing is a little bit of a fuck you, saying you know I can kind of do what I want. I can release music when I want. I can put out this fucking you know at least for me a uh somewhat avant-garde album that is um you know uh the style as you said he's growing uh around the people that he's been vibing with it's the same thing that he did with odd future but now he's doing it around people that are much different stylistically yeah i mean i sound basic when i say this but everyone wants to do everybody wants to do avant-garde nobody wants to actually make the best album yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) What happened when niggas was just making great shit? You know, I'll say so like, I, I'll say this much: if if his goal was to, um, you know, put out an album that would be viewed as a classic work of art by critics, I think he he did he did the his job. But if he did something that he truly believes is an expression of you know everything that he's been going through over the past few years with you know dealing with struggles of depression, dealing with you know losing his father, and this was what he truly felt as though um, was that, uh, you know, expression. I respect it. I mean, look, I'm not, I, I, I like, I've said it a million times on here and I'll say it again. I like anyone who tries something different. I'm willing to give them enough credit. But as Jason said, to me, the listening experience on this album was very difficult. But at once again, he's not making music for the fans. Maybe he's making music for himself. Maybe he's making music for the critics. Maybe this is just truly how he feels. Yeah. And I and if it is, then I respect it. And um, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he pretty much threw away all his old shit and said, let's fucking start over new and let's do something. By the way, he produced like almost this whole album. Yeah. And so you can all tell the beats are by him. Yeah. You can tell that he he feels comfortable, like he knows where the shit's gonna hit at certain parts. Um, it's not like some producer gave it to him and he wrote it. He wrote to the beat because I feel like that makes it a little more obvious to to stay on beat or something. Um, like one of my favorite tracks on here is uh, is veins, and you can kind of hear him. Uh, what's he saying? He's saying like sitting on the star, thinking, "Hi, I'm not a star." You can kind, you can kind of hit hear him is the point. Yeah, you can kind, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, cause he he'll, he'll talk under the beat, and he'll talk right. over himself. Um, yeah, and you can kind of hear that he was in the studio making that shit himself just for him. Um, so I, yeah, you can. I didn't even really look at the track listings. Same thing with the twenty one. I I don't wasn't paying attention to like the features or anything until like later on. It's like, oh that's that who that was and shit. Like literally it's a right good now. way it's a good way to go about listening to albums, I think, is is going in and just listening to it once and then going back for references and being like, oh that's cool to see who that was or who produced who produced a track. But yeah. most of this was by well, he was under his producer moniker, but it was produced by Earl. Really um, random black dude. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, which is a funny name. But uh yeah, I mean, I think if he was trying to get across the fact um, that he is anxious and depressed, um, which is apparently the headspace that he's been in for the past few years, I think at times he does a really good job of that. This is a very manic-sounding album. This is a very 
you know, as he is under a lot of the production, this is a very like almost like drowning in your feelings type album. Now, is it an album I'm ever going to listen to again? Probably not. Um, my my favorite track, as I said before, was honestly, I go back and forth between December 24th and Red Water. I really do like those songs a lot. I thought they both were, were really good. And, and, and they were like the second half of the album was just too out there for me. Uh, I didn't necessarily really like anything on that second half. Really? By the end of it, I was just kind of glad it was over. I mean, this is just my personal the, the, I think that I will say on the second half, playing possum is very beautiful because I mm-hmm. understand what he's trying to do here. The um, there wasn't a lot of rapping on that one. No, it was just yet, quotes but, 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 from but, him, his his father, and someone else. His, his, his mother, I poem, think. and then his mom speaking. Oh, it's his mom. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it's it's his mom doing a speech. Um, she might have won an award or something like that, and um. And then it's his father's poem. And I think he's trying to bridge the gap between them. Mm-hmm. And it's really a beautiful, it's really a beautiful thing. And I will, so, yeah. That's cool. I, I, I didn't wanna, know it was his I, mom. I, 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 I want to be clear. Like, I yeah, you can hear her say. I don't want to sound uh, like a scrooge about this album. Like, I, I, I get it. And I think that there's some beautiful moments on it. I just, like, I don't need, I, I as, a, as a listener and people are trying to devalue stuff like that. Like it doesn't matter what listeners think, but like we're the people who consume the music. We're the consumers. Yeah. Like as a listener, I just like, I don't always like get it. You know what I mean? And, but there are some beautiful moments. I and, think which, that, and playing possum is one of them. I think one of the things though, is as listeners, we, this is like one of the rare moments when we're kind of given an inside look on what maybe an artist would probably keep to themselves. Because, I mean, you know these these dudes and ladies don't put everything out for us. I mean, the, the, the shit that they actually do put out is for us to consume. And I feel like this album may have been a little more personal than what we usually get from somebody. Um, so I think this was... I thought it was a an interesting album. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not... I mean, shit. I, I, it sounds like I like it more than y'all do, which is, <laughs> which is interesting. But I think... For me, it's coming from a rapper perspective because um, I can I, I cannot kind of understand how some of these things came about in his head or when he was making them. Um, but yeah, I think this was like a very personal album, not necessarily for emotional or mental reasons, but more than an artistic reason. Um, but yeah, that's that's my spiel. And I can respect that. And, and, and I, I genuinely think that uh, a lot oh, of... Earl's music outside of that Doris album has always come across as genuine in the music he's wanted to make. Now Doris is not a bad album, but mm-hmm. I just think that it, it it doesn't really feel. It feels like the album that Earl w- thought his Odd Future fans wanted him to make when he came back. Uh, whereas the other three albums he's released all feel like true expressions of himself. And I, I don't Which I don't want to get it's it not wrong. Surprising because Tyler did a lot of the. Um... The production on it, yes. Right. Tyler did yeah, a lot right. of the production on it, so that's yeah. not surprising. And uh, I don't want to say that I don't hate this album. Uh, as I said before, I respect what you go for. I think I tend to think like you know, like when Oscar season comes around and there's like some movie that comes out that's like really artsy and like clearly going for best picture and trying to get nominated and this and that. Yeah, like and Roma, I, like Roma. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but um, Roma. It's the uh, it's the new Alfonso um, Cuarón movie. Oh, I thought you were okay. about to say Alfonso Ribeiro. I'm like, what Carlton? That's good. Um, yeah, it's just him doing like, the Carlton dance for two hours. It's avant garde shit. Basically, yeah, basically like Roma's come out on Netflix and it's obviously beautiful, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. it's also just like this is clearly trying to win Best Picture, and it's like right. I don't like movies like that. And that's kind of how I feel about this album, whether he did that intentionally or not, who knows? Um, I feel like when I heard this album, I was like, oh, fucking Pitchfork's going to love this shit. But for me, it ain't. It's just it's the first half is pretty good. And then it starts to lose me in the second half. And uh, yeah, as I said before, my least favorite track uh, was I don't think I even said the the songs are so short that they barely even feel like songs. Yeah. So I don't even know if I can give a least favorite track on here. Um, I don't know. I I, I didn't 
hate any songs on here. I just thought a lot of it blended together um, and kind of that might have been the, the point. Uh, a lot of it was like stream of consciousness kind of sound to it. But um, my favorite track, you know what? I'm going to go with Red Water. I thought that December 24th was really good, but Red Water is my favorite just because I thought that it, it did the best job of what he was trying to go for on this whole album. December 24th, as Nigel said, kind of stood out as an older track that uh, had a different sound to it. So because it, it does fit the sound of the album more, I'm going to go with Red Water as my uh, favorite track. I don't really have a least favorite. You could choose any song from the second half and that would probably be okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Uh, don't hate it. Don't love it. Uh, probably won't listen to it again. Respect what he was going for. And I think that he did capture his emotions pretty well. It's just as a listener, uh, I felt disappointed. So, uh, Nigel, what do you think? Favorite track, least favorite, and what would you give it a ten? Um, my favorite track would have to be close between. Um, honestly, shit, it's not even that many songs in there. But veins, red water, and the last track, uh, riot. I thought was a really nice way to close out the album. It was almost that like was a cinematic. great outro. You're right. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, right. my least favorite. Uh, the mint would have to be my least favorite. I, I, my boy Craig was being like, "Yo, you just gotta listen to the lyrics." Blah blah blah. But he's so off fucking beat. Like, <laughs> like I could super monotone it. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could hear, it, I could get it. I, I understood what he was saying, but that was that was definitely the joint that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, as far as rating goes, um. To be honest, the weather and everything has definitely made an effect on how I receive this album. So I would probably give it like a 7.5 to an 8. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm I'm a little bit of a contrarian, but I can't deny that this is like good a good album and it and it's ironically my favorite album of Earl's catalog, which to be honest, I'm not really an Earl fan outside of just being an Odd Future fan. Like, I loved Odd Future, but I didn't really care for Earl's solo shit. Um, so this is the one that did me. I, I mean, ironically. And that yeah, that one, is funny. Yeah, and I hate everybody that's kind of hyping it up, but I'm not going to lie and say it's a bad album. Yeah, I mean, I and I don't think it's a bad album either. It's just as Jason, if I've said as a, as a listener, I'm, I'm I'm not a critic, so I'm not gonna fucking. Oh, I'm know, just I, a I, hater, I'm just, so yeah. I'm just like I was ready I, to be honest. You can look at my tweets. The Yo, day before. I was gonna say leading up to this, we were talking about it on Twitter. I thought you were gonna hate the shit out of it. Yeah, time. like you can look, look and look at it, and I was just like, I was ready to hate it. I heard the singles, and like, oh, this is not gonna be the fuck <laughs> I want because I, I he's one of those artists where I feel like I I should like him. I've always felt the same way. Same thing with like Cole and shit. It's like, I feel like I should like him. He's going to tickle my fancy and all that. And with this album, again, that familiarity, he tapped into something that I was already familiar with. I'm a band camp dude. I like surfing that shit. So I like finding random shit. And especially when I came on to Mike uh, this summer at uh, the Fool's Go Day Off, he killed his performance and it, and it made me a fan. Um which I actually plan on making a, a thread of something of like artists that I became a fan of this year just off the live show. <laughs> I didn't see her live, but yeah, she's. I mean, I've been a fan of T.R. Wack for a minute now because I mean she's from Philly, I so I know say, a little yeah, bit I of her didn't history. I know her until until Wack World dropped. Wack yeah. World's very oh, good. Yeah. Dizzle Diz, yeah. look her up. Look her up as Dizzle Diz when she was rapping in front of Meek. She was like the first lady of Dream Chasers. This was like years ago. Oh shit! I didn't even know. Yeah. That. This is when Philly rap was like kind of running shit when Meek was first coming out. I'll have to check that out, man. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks for that. Because I, I, yeah. I didn't even know. I knew that Meek co-signed her recently, but I didn't know that. that, that she oh, no. Did. He co-signed her like five years yeah, ago. I got you. Okay. All right. And then Jason, your favorite track, least favorite. And what would you give it out of 10? Uh, I would say um, we're going to go a tie for the favorite. Red Water and then Plain Possum. I just think the poem, I as a... I don't. I don't. I'm not, I don't, like, don't, don't want to get personal. My parents aren't together, so um, like I, 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 I love the the juxtaposition of it. You know what I mean? I he's trying mm-hmm. to bridge a gap, and he's the legacy that those two people have, and he's trying to kind of like. I just think it's very sweet and beautiful. It, 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 
put me it was made me really emotional. Um, there's no rapping on it, but I just think it's it's a it's a wonderful convey conveying of like what Earl's feeling in a way that like Earl's not rapping, and it's really like selfless too. Yeah, he's not giving us a whole like. He's sitting in the middle. Yeah, I hear exactly. that. He's he's giving us a, he's painting a picture for us in so many words, but without saying anything. It's definitely yeah, like, creative for yeah. sure. Um, and then and then red red water is very good. Um, I would go um, least favorite. Uh, I don't. It's it's hard to it's hard to say what my least favorite is because it's just like I I just don't I don't vibe with it like that. But like it's not like they're bad or anything. Uh, eclipse, yeah, eclipse. Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it at a ten? Uh, out of ten, I give it a a seven out of ten. Um, seven? Yeah. Oh, that's higher than I expected. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 objectively it's good. It's just not. It's just it won't fit me. It will never fit me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I and I'm a girl. I think girls are promising, but it's just like yeah. He's like twenty six now, twenty seven. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, he's a little old he's, now. But like when he came out, I mean, he yeah. was sixteen. He he's was probably like, I think he's twenty four actually. Oh, he's, he's still yeah, he's still, still so pretty young. young. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like Frank's like the only one that's like thirty out of that whole group. He's thirty. Mm, he yeah, good. he just turned thirty. <laughs> 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 he is uh, the greatest of all time. All right, so uh, thanks for coming on, Nigel. I yeah, thanks for it. having me again. Thank you, brother. Of course, man. You'll be back on in the future for certain. Um, hey, Jason, you better listen to fucking Chris Crack. I'm gonna tell you yeah, one more time, you. and that's no, it. No, no, I did it. No, I did it. Li- you know. Jason yeah. will like Chris Crack. He's still all right. Um, and listen to that new Mike intended. album. If I mean, since y'all didn't really like this one, I think Mike is a little more your speed. Maybe not this new one. But Renaissance Man uh, is a, definitely a little less abrasive than some rap songs. So yeah, I've checked out. out some of his stuff. I'll have to I'll have to check him out. Um, so we're gonna be up next. We're gonna do our end of the year stuff in a few days uh, because we wanted to truly wait until the end of the year. Um, and yeah. uh, we're gonna have a little format switch for 2019. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that on the next episode. But if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Okay. Nice. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Peace. Peace, guys. Later. Peace.